Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Well, listeners, in case you didn't get enough sports today, here's an ad break that'll tell you how to watch even more sports. YouTube is the new home of NFL Sunday Ticket. And if you sign up now, you'll get our lowest full season price of the year. Just go to youtube.com slash presale to get $100 off NFL Sunday Ticket. Watch your favorite team's out-of-market Sunday afternoon games exclusively on YouTube and YouTube TV. All right, enough about sports. Go get more sports. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends June 6th. No refunds. Are you ready? Are you kidding me? That's what? Yeah, every so often it happens that Ryan is right. 100% right. Not even a little (laughs) bit right. Tucker Pullman, two points last game. No kidding. My man. Hey, neither does me running shirtless, but that turned out very well. Welcome to the PP1 podcast. And we got one more today. Wow. I'm I'm spot on with these sounds. We're batting a thousand. This is great. This is great. We got three people today. All very good looking. Two maybe more than the other. I'm not having a great day looks wise. Um, that's okay. Um, first and foremost, as the intro said, welcome to said PP1 podcast on Cryer Media. Still feels weird saying that, uh, mm-hmm. but still fresh. I feel that the clout will come with that at some point. And uh, we're joined by good friend of the show. He's yet to say anything bad about us, but today may be the day. Um, Rob Fay from, as I said before, pretty much everything. He's, he has um, his hands NHL in like everything. 2008 yes. Through... Yes. Which dude, they're still using my voice. Do you get <laughs> do you get residuals for that? I, I thought I thought so. Yeah. Okay. So I stopped recording for them in NHL 21 mm-hmm. and just assumed that they were going to go somebody else. I mean, they got Al Murdoch who lives in Vancouver. I thought that was kind of the progressive no-brainer. And then I played NHL 22 and they were still using my voice. And then NHL 23 and they're still using my voice. The only difference is I don't get paid anymore. So I'm just to... And I also don't know what they're doing with the new players. Like Kuzmenko scores a goal. I, who's calling his name out? I don't know. Anyway. AI. It's AI now. They're just going to, they're like, we oh, think we right. can make this. That's how they did. Uh, what's his pickle? Um, James Earl Jones, I think for Darth Vader. And it's possible. It's possible. I, cause I don't he's... know how I feel about that. But I mean, it is. But you're alive. I'm just saying AI. That's, we're going <laughs> to, we're going to leave it at that. See, I already said too much. I'm really sorry, Rob. Um, and my good friend Ted, uh, he's here once again. It's too bad that I wore the wrong hat today because we both would have been. I mean, you can wear your box you can't, hat. I'm fine with you, that. No, it's just you can't see it. It's the wrong color for the light. So, oh, okay. I, I made a okay. I made an error, and I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to stick with it. Uh, Rob, how is it going, man? Strong today, Thank you. So I think you're okay. I yeah. said the same thing, and he then he kind of blew me up. He's like, "Oh, it's not that good." It's it's a little weird. I'm not gonna lie. Maybe the hat gave it a little extra life, but I had to buy a new product today, so I've been meaning to do that. Maybe the old stuff should hang around. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it should. Hair product. Yeah, I'm all about hair product, by the way. Yeah, I can tell you've got like maybe <laughs> less than like a penny's worth in there. 
So fun fact about this, I now add that spray stuff, the hair fibers, because I'm starting to bald at the front. Yeah. So I put the hair fibers across my front to fill in the gaps. No kidding. Got a compliment last night and had to kind of pull the curtain back and let them know that. Oh, but, uh, okay. Good. Yeah, man, it's like 25 bucks. Get it at Shoppers. Little couple in your hair, and the next thing you know, your bald spots are gone. You're like there a you human chia pet. That's, that's, I can't do anything about but That's my issue, then. I just need some hair curtain stuff. This is what I'm saying. You're like yeah. a human chia pet basically yeah <laughs> but way better looking how, how are you doing so like what's important. going on yeah. mostly for rob what's going on ted i'll we'll talk to you in a bit rob he what's going on go. we're all good what's going on with me yeah oh, man well i started this wrestling company just over a year ago i've heard good it's things still in business so that's kind of a victory onto its own mm-hmm. wrestling and minor league baseball are eerily similar so i did 14 years of minor league baseball and in that realm of my life you're trying to help people get to the bright lights of the major leagues well then you move over to wrestling and you're trying to get people to the bright lights of wwe and aew so there's a lot of similarities between the two so it's not as foreign as i thought it would be and it's fantastic so between that and you know just moved into a new house all my house is in a box still so you oh. know I'll get there found my microphone and that's all that matters and we appreciate that i was so happy like yeah let's do it oh man what do i do now i gotta have a few more questions i got a few more topics so (laughs) it's uh it's a little bit you're you're doing radio now for toronto and vancouver like you're national like rob fay nation is legit now well unfortunately it's not rob fay nation per se i've switched over to news which is one of those things so i started in news went into sports and now i've come full circle back to news But the difference is now I'm not just reading what's on the script, you know, like News 1130 was basically just read and then shut up during the commercials. Yeah. Whereas now you actually got to know your stuff. And so, you know, what was I think a couple of weeks ago, they're like, oh, you're interviewing Pierre Poliev, who's the leader of the conservative party. And I'm just like, great. I mean, what am I going to ask that guy? You know, so you obviously have to do some speed work and try to find questions. And by the way, didn't even say goodbye to me at the end of the interview. No kidding. I was even hard, but he's just politicians are a different breed but instead of just having to know the canucks and the lions and the white caps now you get to know a little bit about everything so interesting i'm, uh, I'm playing catch up for sure so what's going on with that galaxy stuff it looks like we pinged like another galaxy like seven billion years away are you covering that or what i could get through a two-minute segment on it okay so I, well, see, that's the thing in news you bring on experts quote unquote yeah, yeah everybody yeah. just from facilitate the yeah they're always like oh we're, we got joe blow from the university of saskatchewan tell me about wheat and then you just sit back and let them tell you about wheat. <laughs> That's what it is. So, you know, I, I don't know. Jack of all trades, master of none. But I'm still hanging around. Uh, you well, always, you're always, like, you amaze me. You always have something so interesting to talk about. Like, we did our little thing last summer, um, kind of like an expose on, on Rob Fay and who he is. And we dug deep and found out, like, it was a Barbara Walters type special. Uh, Ted, you were, I think, doing something. I don't remember. I don't know. That was, uh, that was after the one where we got to see the 8-bit art and... That's true. That's true. So anyway, like NEW is obviously going quite well. Uh, When's the next one? I thought the last one was the the Boxing Day Bash, I think, right? Which got snowed out. That's right. Only show in town that got iced out because the roads were just brutal for the show. So it's February 25th. And then we're going back to the Commodore. I think it's the Commodore in March. And we're bringing in all these Japanese female wrestlers. Female wrestlers in Japan are like world class, like some of the best you'll ever find. And they happen to be coming over for WrestleMania, which is like a week or so after our show. Mm-hmm. So proactively, I reached out to them and I was just like, hey, I know you guys are coming over here. Do you guys want to do a real quick detour into Vancouver? We'd love to do a show. Sure enough, they're like, yeah, we're in. 
So I've wow. got this like world-class roster coming to Vancouver. Haven't even announced the whole roster yet, but I think once we do, people will be like, that's pretty impressive for a, a young promotion like you guys. Wait till they get the bill. Yeah. So <laughs> I was just going to ask because like, I, I, I really, I have no idea how this works. Like, how do you go about promoting and booking these names for like, what is the process? Like, I mean, it, it, to me, it seems like it would be arduous. I see these names line up on events all the time. And I just wonder to myself, how on earth did this happen? Well, there's two things that run side by side. One is you got to have a venue. So for instance, we do Commodore. We did a show at Nappy Lee Stadium outdoors last year. Like we try to do cool and quirky venues. Like we don't have the same venue twice. Some people like that. Some people li don't like it. But then as you're trying to book the venue, you're trying to run parallel with schedules from all these different wrestlers. So, you know, it's easy when they're local because they're kind of like, yeah, yeah, we'll be there on Saturday. Not to discredit them, but just to say it's a little easier to navigate those waters. But then you go to the States and there's different. You go to Mexico, it's different. You go to Japan. Now you're talking about overseas flights. I mean, you, it's really just a lot of mixing and matching. I learned a lot in baseball about it. So it's not foreign to me, but at the same time, when they're like, yeah, we got to be in by 3 p.m. and out 6 a.m. the next day, you're just, yeah, it's constantly threading needles. So I'm, I'm okay you, with it, but tiring. Sorry, because you go from, from venue to venue to venue to venue, do you find that it's difficult to manage it? It's because it's different every time? Or do you, do you touch base with a lot of people who've done work in those venues before to try to streamline it? Well, it's a great question. I mean, there's certain venues where you go and you do the site tour and you're kind of like, this would be awesome. And then you get there and you're like, oh, our ring's bigger than we thought. Or, boy, the sight lines aren't quite as good for the people upstairs as we thought. So you're constantly like learning every time you go. Like we did one at the Plaza Nations. It used to be a casino and now it's an EDM nightclub. So they've got like a thousand video boards that were fantastic. And then all of a sudden when our TV started shooting, they had an amazingly tough time color balancing, you know, like one camera was shooting in this color, another camera in this color, because the lighting's so different throughout that venue. So those are little things. But in year one, we were able to get 10 shows off the ground, which is almost one per month. We got a deal with TELUS. So we were able to get a, a television deal, which a lot of people were kind of like, how the hell did you pull that off? And we've got a pretty good reputation, like people from other, you know, parts of north america want to come and wrestle for us like they proactively now reach out to us wow. so instead of me having to go hat in hand and say hey would you like to come to vancouver they're like hey man if you got any dates in the summer i'd love to come up there so that's a victory onto its own so we're there i don't know how long it's gonna go for but i if you'd have told me i was a wrestling promoter two years ago i would have <laughs> questioned your sobriety man so I'm, I'm just enjoying it man just let the wave take you wherever it takes you i feel like that probably was bucket list stuff somewhere down the road for you i'm not sure i feel like also that ryan and i are gonna have to get out there for an event this we summer. tried now to be fair we did try for the summer one and the logistics i, I kept looking at that week and the logistics just didn't make sense I do remember there was some sort of thing that I ended up having to do that came last minute. That was something to do with my kids, I'm sure. Um, but we talked about it and we talked about it and we talked about it and I, it just didn't work last minute. So we will get to a show. I don't know how we're going to do it, but we're going to get to a show. The one that I promise you, if you come to, you'll not regret is Cinco de Mayo. The, uh, the Mexican show with all the luchadors. Mm -hmm. I, I I looked at the partner in crime, like my friend Chris, when we started this, we were kind of like, oh, it'd be cool if we could do that. We had like a thousand people in the Commodore and you couldn't hear yourself think. And I looked at him and I go, oh, I can't believe we pulled this off. And the Commodore has already booked us for that show again. They were so blown away. They were like, we'll take that show. We're going to buy it. And that's another thing we've been able to do. We've gone from paying venues to do our shows there to venues now paying us to come and do our shows there. So that flip was hard to do, but we got there. So 
it's not bad, man. It's it's okay. Just I'm pretty living proud. Living the of dream. It. Well, beautiful. Maybe not financially, but it, hey, it's man, cool you're getting you're getting paid to do it. I mean, people are coming to you now, so I mean, you're. I feel like you're already a step above. So, congratulations. That's great news. I love that. Thank you, man. You might have to sell a few of your sneakers though, because I don't. Do you have a spinny belt yet? I don't do. Okay, so fun fact about our belts: we we we're gonna we built the belts just as if we were gonna do one show. Yeah. Because the thirty second Coles notes on this is we were actually just gonna do a documentary. That's right. And the documentary, once we ended up getting the B roll, we ended up turning it into a business. So the belts we got a local guy to do from Victoria, but we didn't really put a lot of effort into the design. We're just like, oh, I'll put a gold plate on the front. We'll paint the NEW on front of it. It's very bootleg. Call it a day. And it's okay. He he did a lot of work on it, but I was kind of like whatever. So the other belt, he goes, well, what do you want the women's championship to be? I go, oh, something like the UFC's belts. Like, I love the UFC. He builds us basically the UFC championship belt, like right down to the final detail, and then takes out the UFC and puts NEW. So our women's championship actually has octagons on it with steel caging in the background to look exactly like, I have it with me. I should go get it. But yeah, it's just, it's too much like the UFC belt, but we'll probably have to upgrade by next year. Things, no, the, things to build on. See, this is this is the what we talk about. This is what people want to know. They, you know, we don't. You know, you're not gonna match to match. It's it's gonna be fun. You're gonna have some exciting things, but it's the details, right? It's all about right the details. He's gonna do it. Oh, he's gonna do it. Okay, perfect. When? Look at this. Oh man. Shit! Look at that. But it's essentially. Oh yeah. Detail for detail. The yeah. old uh, UFC belt, like on yeah. the side here, wow. it's got NEW, but it's got an octagon. Yeah, we work, we work in a ring, <laughs> so GSP could probably pull that off for like a one-off match. Hundred percent. Yeah, but dude, one of these days, I'm gonna wear this out to like a bar and just see if anybody notices. <laughs> like, oh, did he see? Who, who's that guy? Like, oh, yeah, he champ, he's a champion. Something. Something. Yeah, he's champion, champion something. of champions. So the champ is here. We're gonna we're gonna cross over. Uh, we're not quite into Canucks yet. I know we're like 13 minutes, but it's our show. We can do whatever we want. Yeah, I think uh, we probably missed a good segue there to talk about wrestling and Boudreaux, but yeah. Don't worry. We'll get into it. We'll get into it. <laughs> so we've got a new little segment. Um, actually, I, I just decided uh, what we're going to even talk about about 25 minutes ago, thanks to ET Canada. So um, this is called First and First Mostly. First and First Mostly for me, it's about family. First and First Mostly, let me tell you what I'm wearing. <laughs> So it's called First and First Mostly. If you guys have seen The Girl Show, you'll understand that. Bobby Bottle Service, great, great character. So apparently the final chapter of Magic Mike is coming out, The Last yeah. Dance. Uh, it's not about Michael Jordan, although that would be pretty cool if they had a cameo in there. Um, it's not about Michael Jordan. So I was thinking, we got three pretty good-looking guys on the show today. Uh, what would your stage name be if you... We're part of the Magic Mike universe. <laughs> I would go Max Reps, and Max would be spelt with three X's. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I feel like outmatched in this one because I feel like he's already been talking about stage names for probably a long time. Just, just the industry stuff, right? So I don't know. Um, I think you're going to have to come back to me on this one. I don't even know where I'm supposed to be going with this. I'll tell you this. I used to, in a former life, I was the uh, MC of a ladies' night at a bar in Vancouver. So I was the guy that would come out and get all the bachelorettes all fired up before the real, you know, meat came out, if you will. 
So, like, realistically, I got some real good one-liners. <laughs> <laughs> We're talking, like, what, 20 years ago? Maybe even a little bit more. And you got that, they were like, you have that voice, too. Like, it's really, like, that, just, like, oh, that velvet voice yeah, when it comes out. Want, Ladies. Voice. You like, maybe do you want to maybe just introduce like introduce your name do introduce your stage name you oh, can do it God. come on please don't make me do I I, I want to though Rob I just kind of want to ladies and gentlemen coming to the stage putting your drinks down <laughs> okay let me think let's do this let's do this one <laughs> I'm trying Some to think would say he's money in the bank three inches from the ground they call him Ryan Hank. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Money in the bank, Hank. Oh, man. Not, yeah, you're not allowed to use that. For the briefcase. <laughs> That's right. He's bringing the cash. Come out with the money in the bank, a green money in the bank suitcase. Oh man, I like that. I like yeah, that. Open it and a bunch of directs fall out. It'd be perfect. I like that. Now, what did he call you in uh, in the track meet, Ted? Mister. Oh, the most handsomest guy ever. Yeah. I still remember that. Yeah. I think it was just the camera guy, right? S just generic sexy camera guy. Yeah, I could be I could be I could be Teddy instead of Teddy West side, I could be Teddy North side. How about that? That might work. I don't know. Might be something Ted, to This put isn't your there. forte, is it? It's not. It's not. He's got the no, body to a, make it happen stage, though. I'm not a stage name guy. I don't know I don't know what to do. I, when you have a name like Teddy, um, I think you're trying to avoid flamboyant names from time to time oh you could do like teddy fuck spin instead of teddy rough spin yeah you could do a whole bunch of things man yeah it's very very basic yeah. very very I'm basic that. yeah that i could i could definitely like a teddy bear outfit yeah except the front flap opens yeah there's there's a hundred things you could do here uh is christy nearby i think uh she might approve of that possibly possibly i mean uh, I mean, I don't think there's going to be, and I, I don't think she would object to that just being my general stage name. No, I think that'd be fine. Yeah. 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 I like that. I mean, it's a good booking. You're going to probably get a few people that know you at that point. So it's yeah. it's not too far off like, oh, like you didn't bother to change his name even. Okay. Yeah. That's fine. Fuck spin for the win. <laughs> yeah. With an X, right? F-U-X. S-P-I-N. It'd be perfect. Course, yes. <laughs> could, could do the XXX. Oh. Well. I'll tell you yeah. this though. So before those shows, not to get into the segment too much, but before those shows, you would go downstairs where all the entertainers were getting, quote, ready. And it was like the saddest thing ever. It's a bunch of guys that totally didn't want to go up there, tying it off, taking their Archie comic into the bathroom. Like it, the whole thing was just like so sad. And then you'd go upstairs and then they could flick this switch and all of a sudden they'd become electric and the girls would go bananas and they'd be throwing money left, right and center at them. And I just thought to myself, and then they would get all their money, go back downstairs, pack up, and go to the next club and do another show. Wow. So they'd do two to three venues a night, and they'd make oh, a that's, lot of money. That's stamina. Holy cow. They would make a boatload of money. I, I can't even imagine how much they made, but they did well. A thousand a venue, maybe? Really? Well, yeah. Let's, let's, I mean, that's a quick three. Grand. Was there, like, hairy guys Not like me? Like, do you think I... Uh, uh, no, I don't know. They I were probably more well-kept, yeah. I feel you like you like what you like though. Yeah, I mean, that's I think true. Something for everyone. Some people like feet. Some people like hairy guys. I don't know. So, but see, the, heart, the MC the always the pokes. Wants. The MC always pokes fun at himself. Like it's like, oh, you know, I don't have that. And all the girls giggle and stuff like that. And you, you kind of you're you're very self-deprecating in those moments. Yeah. Because you're giving way to like the Zeus and the Adonis of like you know the Lower Mainland. So then the chubby guy comes out and he's like, ha, 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 and everybody giggles and whatever. Yeah. 
those are the old days. And now you're a wrestling promoter. I'm luck again. Yeah. Huh? Now you're a wrestling promoter. Who knew? Yeah. Sometimes you parlay into wrestling promotion. It's <laughs> a perfect. Thing. It's practically. It's. I mean, it writes itself. So okay. Yeah. So again, we're really abrupt. Uh, re- really abrupt uh, segues tonight, which is good. I think it makes for awkward moments, and we can all smile. Um. So the Canucks. I'm gonna hang on to fuckspin though. Okay, you can do that. Yeah. You you do that. That'll be our. Maybe we'll make a tag team somehow. Be make it weird. Make it weird. <laughs> Money in the bank and yeah, make it weird. Um, you guys all heard about the big news about Kuzmenko today. Traded for a first and a prospect. Very exciting stuff. We can finally believe in management. And I was also told that, that he wasn't traded actually, and they signed him for two years, uh, five and a half, which is a nice little piece of business. If you're not a struggling franchise like the Vancouver Canucks, we all love Kuzmenko. That's that's given. In fact, that's a nice little contract for for two years. But like, let's just take a poll. How many years is it going to take for the Canucks to get out of the funk? I'm going to say more than three, which puts them in a very big problem. Um, Rob, what, what did you? We talked about this kind of on Twitter today, but. Uh, Great, great signing as far as what it is, the the actual business of the deal and what have you. But I don't, I, it, it's the writing's on the wall now for a lot of other things. Well, here's the challenge that I think the fan base sometimes overlooks: is they look at the immediacy of the signing. They're like, "Oh my God, now we got thirty million tied up in wingers. What are we doing?" This is the first move, but this is the first domino to fall in what I'm hoping is probably a half dozen moves. Like, if they're not one of the most active teams in the next five weeks leading up to the deadline as far as, like, ridding themselves of other wingers and other pieces, then, you know, I then I think they've made a bad signing. But the reality is, is if this is a fluid situation and you expect to have four or five players leaving, including a Brock Besser, maybe a Connor Garland, maybe a Bo Horvat, who knows what else they can, you know, get rid of, then all of a sudden you're going to need a winger like a Kuzmenko. Mm-hmm. So I, I like the signing. He's young. He's effervescent. He's marketable. Like, God, is he marketable? And he's on pace for 30-plus goals at $5.5 million, which I think is a pretty good going rate for a guy that's producing the way he is. So I, I actually like the move myself. I know that people didn't like it because of what it means today, mm-hmm. but I think five weeks from now this team should look a lot different. I think if the you're right. If those moves are made, if there is actual you know steps to be taken, the Bo Horvat thing is sounds like all but done. Pat Morris is in Vancouver, and they, I guess the the word is that they refuse to meet with him, which that sounds just awful. But I'm sure it's hey, they probably aren't meeting with him because they've probably already said, listen, we're finding you a new suitor, so we're not going to meet. It's it's business. I'm sure it's really a lot less than it sounds like in a tweet, but. Well, why would you meet with a guy if, A, you guys aren't going to put another offer out there, and, yeah. B, you're not going to let him shop the player around, which are the two things that we've heard reported is mm-hmm. they're not going to let him go and, and shop um, Bo Horvat to other teams, and they're not going to make another offer. So what's to talk about? You know, Yeah, they're kind know. of in that awkward spot where you you make an offer on a house, and, and they tell you they're not going any lower, and you can't go any higher, and what do you do? You make one more offer under what the what the lowest you can go is? Like, sometimes you get away with that, and I think maybe that's what happened a little bit in the JT camp towards the end of last year. Um, but I think those, those types of deals are so few and far between, and I think that's such an outlier for what happened to JT that it just doesn't seem likely to happen twice or lightning to strike twice with the Bo Horvat move. And, and it's kind of like money in money out, right? I think the, the, the Kuzmenko deal is the money in and we just haven't seen the money out portion of it yet. And that has to fall with the Horvat trade. 
But I will say this, that I think fans are going to be disappointed on paper when they see the return for some of these guys that we're shipping out. Like, it's going to be pennies on the dollar. Mm -hmm. And the reason I say that is we have to get rid of contracts at this point. We have to find ways to get these guys out because if we're going to, quote, retool or rebuild, Mm -hmm. uh, there's probably about 15 to 16 million dollars tied up that we have to loosen up so i i don't know i I, you asked me how many years it's going to take the canucks to steer this back on the track and again i go seven or eight years Mm -hmm. like i think we're right back to square one i really believe that like if you go back okay let's go back six or seven years ago when jim benning first came on maybe it's actually eight years now and you say to yourself okay well he's going to fix this it's going to be a rebuild or whatever it's going to be how long is it going to take usually give any gm two to three years so that's already there. I think it's going to be two to three years before we can finally flush all of the Benning garbage out, like the Myers, the Garlands, the the OEL contracts, the Miller extension, which to me is, I know, not a Benningism, but it's just going to take years for that to finally clear out. And then all of a sudden, you're going to realize what you're left with, and then you're going to have to add another three years onto that. We're talking about to not just rebuild, but actually be a serious contender. I wish we could do it the way Detroit did it. I love what Detroit's building. I know they're a couple of years away. Them, Montreal, there's a couple of teams that have done it really smart. But banking on Bedard is... But the thing is, that's only one... Like, let's let's say it happens. Great. Awesome. We're all excited. Plan the parade for Connor Bedard to make it here. And then then you've got three years of hoping that things really work out. You can slowly start building. But, I mean, that's one piece you still have JT Miller and who knows what's going to continue to happen with him ego wise play playing wise points all that sort of stuff there's a lot of other things that need to happen there's the talk today too was you know is there a chance that Thatcher Demko is actually on the move I mean he's been injured just long enough where people start talking about those things like it or not this is the market and you know as great as Connor Bedard is I mean even if they get him which would be absolutely incredible there's still so many other things that would have to go like perfect like not even well like perfect like no mistakes no no guffaws no whatever like trades for the perfect amount of things you know bringing in guys that are just about ready to pop in the nhl i mean that doesn't even exist on the best teams like look how long it took for nathan to be nathan mckinnon to become all world or landis cog or uh, I mean, Kale McCarr is a whole other thing, but like, there's a lot of guys that it took a while for them to become like world superstars. They were just kind of stars for a while. It doesn't just happen overnight. But that is, and, and what you're saying, Ryan, is the best case scenario. Mm-hmm. If all the stars align, and if we know anything, they don't in Canuck Nation. That doesn't usually happen. Like we're the masters of stubbing our toe in the room with the light on. Mm-hmm. And so what I would <laughs> hey, say, hey, that happens to me all the time. Okay, the next level analogy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, but I'm just saying it's one of those things where it's like, why not just do things that make sense? And so I, this is why the Kuzmenko signing to me made a little bit of sense. Is you're going to have to bridge those two years of at least trying to get a few asses in the seats with a guy that shows well, and in the meantime. There's nobody else to me that's off limits. I mean, outside of maybe Pedersen and hopefully Hughes. But I mean, realistically, Besser, uh, fuck all of them. They're all on the block. Demko, you name it, it's fine. Who cares if Demko's in between the pipes for the next two years? We're going to be shitty anyway. Mm -hmm. So go and get yourself some prospects. Bring up some of your guys from Abbotsford and let them get pumped for the next year or two. And that's fine. You know, I just, if you, but this is the problem. 
is I think a lot of this fan base is totally cool with that. They don't care if they, this team gets aired out for the next two years. If it's going to open up the cap space, if it's finally going to calm the water so we can mm -hmm. get to work to start to build. The problem is the one common denominator between all of these woes right back to, I mean, Trevor Linden and all the one. What's the common denominator? It's Matt at the top. Macalini. Yep. Luigi needs That's to, they need to go like scorched earth. They need like go old school Chicago Blackhawks. Uh, Bill Wirtz needs to die. Uh, so I don't know. I don't want Aquilini to die, but like Luigi but needs to storm this, it. Though, I say this lovingly, like think about it from this perspective, like name another city in North America. Who's got a fan or who's got a fan base that would be more supportive of you being shitty. Yeah, if it meant that we got to finally flush the final few turds out of this, you know, process and get back to basics and start over again. Like I, I asked this question a couple of years ago, and, and everybody thought I was an idiot. I said, "What would you rather be? Would you rather be the Vegas Golden Knights on day one, or would you rather be the Vancouver Canucks right now?" And everybody's like, "Oh, that's preposterous! How could you say that? They're building a champion in Vancouver." I said, "Trust me, there's probably ten to twelve teams in the NHL right now." that would love to be an expansion team and start from scratch and start oh, from day yeah. one, get rid of those contracts and get rid of all those mistakes. And the problem right now is everything from Braden Holtby, who's still on the books to paying three coaches tomorrow night to, to coach this game. Only one's going to be in the arena. I, I just sit back and I say, they've eventually got to flush that all out. And if it takes two to three years to get everything out and they've just got to be absolutely 32nd team in the league dog shit, Name a fan base outside of okay. Oh, there's no fan base that would be more accepting of that than Vancouver. The Rangers were. It's just the difference is it's New York. Like yeah. you're talking about the biggest city in in North America. Like yeah, well we love the Rangers, but we really love the Yankees. And even though the Jets used to suck, we really love the Jets and we really love the Giants. We love the Knicks. Okay, well we love the Rangers, but they're like fifth on the list. Like. There's a lot of teams above the New York Rangers, so you can issue that letter, which is great as a hockey fan, but as a fan base, like, well, yeah, we'll take it, but uh, I can't wait till Aaron Judge starts in spring training. Like, that's that's yeah. the reality of it. So as a hockey market, yeah, probably none. Yeah, we're in, like, this weird spot. I think, I think like, a lot of people recognize that um, there's some likable players on this team and, and players that you can build around, but then there's also... Some fan favorites that live on this team, Bo Horvat being one of them, and I think you could probably add Kuzmenko to that list too. And I think that people are intelligent enough to know that to get out from under this hole, you have to give something to get something. And and I think that's where the people thought possibly that Kuzmenko might be on the block. He's resigned, uh, you know. He's it's 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 a good number in terms of dollar value, in terms of terms that isn't going to hurt this club, you know, long term. But you know, knowing now that that Horvat has to go for this team to have a chance, they have to win this trade. Rob, what do you what do they have to get out of this deal to win this trade in your eyes? Uh, well, what I want and what I think some other people might want are different. I need cap relief, and I know I'm not going to get that cap relief until next year. So it's kind of like let's watch him go, whether it's Boston or Detroit or wherever he ends up going. That's fine but then I don't have to sign him next year. Like I don't have to retain any money. I actually lose. I, I don't have that strain of knowing that Bo and that eight plus is on my books. I can finally take it and give it to somebody else. I would let go of Thatcher Demko. I would try to get rid of Myers. I would get rid of Garland, Besser, anything I can. Like, don't get me wrong. Kuzmenko was a nice piece, but I really don't think Kuzmenko would have got us that much back And five plus million for a guy that's going to score you 30 goals during a, transitional period where you're not going to have a lot of guys that can fill the net they needed to do that so that they didn't go 0 and 82 and then they and start they taking the l's happy we well, yeah, we talked about this some, yeah 
yeah, the Pedersen thing kind of plays in. But you got to remember, mm-hmm. uh, Brock Besser was Pedersen's guy as well a couple of years ago. And, you know, I, I look at it like this. Before we get into Rick Tockett and all that, all of that stuff, I would just say that there's going to be some players here that I think a lot of fans have endeared themselves to, like Brock Besser and his story. Like, you know, we've watched Thatcher Demko elevate and become Bubble Demko and all that. We're going to have to watch them all leave and just wish them the best. But the thing is, you can't have anything of value come back in return. Like, it can't be a, a player of equal value. It's going to have to be picks. It's going to have to be just absolute basement stuff. Mm-hmm. Guys that are going to end up in Abbotsford and hope that you can just loosen up the purse strings because that's the problem with this team mm-hmm. is you just don't have any flexibility to make any moves. And there's not a GM in the National Hockey League that is going to give you fair value on these players that are exiting. Like and especially not this team. Not this team so. either. So, like, we've talked about it for weeks, Ted. We kind of brought up, I think, like a month ago, like, take an L or an L.5 where you're going to – you have to be okay with taking a few more losses. And uh, I was listening to another uh, podcast that you rip all the time, Rob, but trust the process. Um, yeah. <laughs> we're, all, we're all buds here. We're all buds here. Um, oh, I, I, they all work for NW. That's that's true. Got to keep got to keep it nice. But they were just talking like you know you don't want to see draft picks go, but it might again take a few draft picks to get rid of some of these players. Maybe a little bit of retained salary, which isn't great, but there's going to be losses in there when they do happen. Whether it is Brock Besser, it might even be Bo Horvat. Who knows if that's even the first one that we actually have to take a bit of a loss on. There's going to be players where they're going to have to take some kind of a loss that everyone's going to look and say, oh, man, I can't believe that's all they got for him. But if you can say that's all they got for him, but they don't have this anymore, they don't have that, not anchor contract, but a contract that they're indebted to, and now you can finally start rebuilding because they brought up kind of how it's going to be retool. Well, a retool is just changing the names and hoping that you can continue to grow. A rebuild is breaking it down, building it back up. The Canucks cannot be a retool at all. Like, at all. They might be happy just getting draft picks for guys like that for all the second rounders that went out for players that didn't work and the amount of complaining and anger that happened during that. I mean, maybe they wouldn't, maybe the fan base wouldn't be so pissed to see a bunch of second and third rounders come back to somewhat restock that cupboard for futures. Who knows? You need you need lottery tickets. Like if you don't have those lottery tickets, you're not going to hit on anything. And you know, the, the, the plan with, with moving forward with, with, with aging players on bad contracts isn't, I mean, Rob's right. Anything that's not nailed down. And to me, that's only two players is, 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 has got to go for whatever you can get for it to just to wipe the slate clean. And you cannot retain salary. Like that's one of the non-negotiables. You can't have dead money on the books. I, I mean, yeah, I know you're going to have to sweeten up certain deals. But if you told me, for example, and here's an, I, I don't think it could ever happen. But if you told me that I had to give up a couple of my picks, but you could take OEL's contract off of me or the last days of Tyler Myers or, you know, insert, heaven forbid we could get rid of JT Miller. I mean, I would do those deals in a New York minute as long as I didn't have to retain any of that. Because okay. the Miller thing looks bad today. It's going to look real shitty in three years. Hey, it's Ryan from the PP1 Podcast on Cryer Media. If you're looking for a spot to advertise your company, your brand, your cheese wheel, some beer, maybe some donuts, this is the spot. Reach out to me via DM on Twitter or Instagram at always94, and I'd be more than happy to chat with you. Worst case scenario, we just become best friends. And how awesome does that sound? 
It hasn't even like, started yet. That's the scary part. Like it hasn't even started yet. He doesn't get paid till next year. Do you think yeah. there's internal regret on that deal already? Has to be. Like I, 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 I can't imagine that that wasn't Francesco pushing that one through. Like, I, and I'm not saying that Jim Rutherford isn't in on that. Like, I think JT Miller's kind of a Rutherford guy, like a little rugged, you know, oh, we can turn him around. He'll be the gem. The one thing that I will say, though, before I throw JT Miller under the bus is you constantly hear that the room is divided, <laughs> that there's, you know, the Bo Horvat side and the JT Miller side, and everybody kind of poo-poos it and says, ah, oh, you know, that's the media. They're just, you know, it, it's... You know, it's them that's creating that. I sit back and I say to myself, I've been around sports long enough to know that there probably is a riff in that locker room. Like, the Canucks aren't going to come out and say, yeah, we're working on it. They're just going to be like, nah, you guys are full of shit. But the reality is, is there's no possible way that there's not friction within that room right now. But name another room, and maybe there's a few of them out there, where you've got more silent leaders. Like I, I and this has been a Canucks trait for years, going back through the Sedins, Marcus Naslin, Matthias Olin. There's never been a ball buster. Like the only ball buster that I've seen in that locker room in the last decade is John Tortorella, and and, and that to me is the problem. Like for example, if Bruce Boudreau was telling the truth, and God knows he might be, maybe it was Kuzmenko who broke down and you know was like weeping in his shoulder. The reality is, is Bo Horvat post game when everybody knew that Bruce was about to get fired had a chance to come in front of the camera and show a little spine, show a little backbone. As the captain, you can do that. The question's asked directly to him. They're like, hey, guys, or, you know, hey, Bo, you know, you've seen a lot of this organization take heat over the last couple of days. You know, what are your thoughts on that? And he comes back with the proverbial, oh, I can't really speak on that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can. You're the captain. You're the one guy in the organization that has that autonomy to maybe step out of it. And if you're going to get traded in a couple of weeks, even double down. Exactly. Like, That's yeah. your opportunity. Yeah. So that to me is the problem is Pedersen's quiet. Hughes is quiet. Horvat's quiet. Miller's a baby. You don't have any personality. You don't have any grease, any friction. You're just, you're a bunch of soft guys that are kind of going through the motions. So me, I'd flush the entire thing down the sewer and I would start from scratch. I would start from as if we were an expansion franchise and just break this thing right down to the nub. And I think that's I think it's part of the reason why people are so enamored with Luke Shen right now. I think he speaks his mind somewhat, but he's a guy that's probably going to have to leave this team too. And if Bo goes, yep. and 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 Miller is a guy that we deem a bit of a baby sometimes, and and that might change with Tockett being here because I think that maybe he benefits from a Tockett bump. But what player on this squad is captain material if not those silent leaders that exist in like tenfold on this roster right now? I think Luke Shen would be awesome. I don't think Luke Shen's on the hierarchy. I think he's kind of the, you know, he'd get an Prince a. Harry of the hierarchy within the Canucks. He's <laughs> like dingle? seventh on the food chain. <laughs> yeah, or something like Here's that. Here's my dongle. Like, like we don't. He's killing me. Yeah. yeah. They're eventually going to make Patterson the captain. I think there's no doubt that that's the next step for him. The reality for me is I I think Patterson's a great guy but he's just another in the long line of soft-spoken guys. I mean, I'm not saying you got to get the guy that bangs the drum the loudest to be the captain. Obviously, Pedersen's going to earn that, and I think he'll be fan- fantastic. But he falls into the line of another uh, Marcus Naslin, if you will, and not just I don't know. Sweet. I, I, I kind of disagree. And I, oh, here's, here's, here's what I think that could happen. This is the only reason I'll disagree with you. I, I do agree mostly. I think if he were to... Yeah, the wheel back that. Safe. Yeah, I know. I'm good. I'm good. I, I want to keep our guests here. I'm trying to make this work. Oh, I'm here. Yeah. It was like that time you told Dixon Ward he didn't think Gretzky was the best ever. 
I, I have my qualms about it, but we're going to... Yeah, I really did. That that sucks. I mean, the, so what if he played on the same line as the guy? I can have an opinion. Anyway, so I think what happens if when if and when the Bo Horvat trade comes down, and maybe it's not this season that they actually name a captain, it will happen that it's going to be Pedersen. I mean, just like everything else that is rumored in Vancouver and in BC for Connect stuff, it usually happens whether we like it or not. I think... We've seen emotion from Pedersen, whether it's slamming a stick or just being frustrated. He is kind of silent, but I do wonder that if he's given that C and they start cleaning house a little bit, if he actually takes a little bit of ownership and just decides to like he does have he does have a bit of vocalness to him. And I would not be surprised if he's actually kind of like the grittier sitting where he's going to tell you honestly, but maybe he's a little bit of an ass about it. I, I could see that happening. I, 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 I would like to debate that anyway. Okay, well, let's think of good captains over the years throughout the NHL. Let's not just limit it to Vancouver. Mm-hmm. Sure. You look, <clears throat> look at a guy like Steve Iserman, Le Cavalier. You look at guys that you know that have been. I don't, I don't know. I, I can't say guys in Toronto because I actually have issues with the captains that they've had in Toronto for a while as well. But no, they're perfect. Realistically, you think of uh, like a, a real captain, somebody that engages a new and uh, a Niedermeyer or something along those lines. There's this different, there's this, I don't know, there's this extra gear that they've got. This one gear that commands respect. There's a presence there. There's a vibe there. They'll call whoever, like, I guess the question that I have for you, if we're going to go back to Pedersen, is could Pedersen calm Miller down? Could Pedersen go to the media and say, this is bullshit, enough is enough? Could a captain, like when Steve Eiserman was a captain of the Red Wings, you felt it. There was an aura about him. There was a way about him. And you didn't even challenge him. Mark Messier, for that example. And I'm not talking Vancouver Mark Messier. I'm talking Rangers Mark Messier. Yeah. Where there was Game just, six. There was just a, a way of conducting business mm-hmm. that I don't know if maybe that's just changed overall as an athlete. But there used to be a way not that long ago where a Mario Lemieux would be able to command the room and command the attention of the media. And he basically steered the narrative through their 10 years as captains. Okay. I just, I think that's why I call people quiet in Vancouver. Sorry, not to make this thought too long is no. the fact that it's, it, it's, there's no pushback. There's no bounce back. There's always just <clears> kind of <throat> like, well, that's your opinion. And you know, one game at a time, total team effort. I'm looking for that guy. That's, you know, Shenish, you know, that's not afraid to maybe call somebody to the carpet and, 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 and really just say, we're done with this. We're fucking tired of it. Let's go. Let's fix this. Instead of just being like, oh, you know, we'll get him next time. Maybe there's a spark, though. Like, I, 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 I want to have one comment, and Ted, it's all yours. The whole, oh, yeah. the whole, you know, Vancouver, like, oh, yeah, I like the Canucks when growing up. And they're like, what? He goes, yeah, Google it. Like, he's had those moments. He's been, he's been edgy. And, I mean, I, I guess sometimes, like, you're not really sure if he's being serious or laughing. And that was his rookie year. I do think if they start breaking it down, maybe that opens up a little bit more. That's again, that's that's my take on it. I hope you're right. Yeah, Ted, what were you gonna I say? Right. Well, I I just I I I agree with what Rob what Rob is saying. Obviously, in the fact that there's those sort of vocal leaders, I think those guys are sort of next level. Those are you know, in addition to being, you know, the the guys that are respected, they're also the guys who can just vocally take people to another level or or be an ass or 
or or just drag teams into a fight with a skill level. And I do think that you know a Pedersen might be able to have a conversation with with a Ryan Miller or not sorry, Ryan, a JT Miller and speak to him almost like he's like he's on a, on the same level. Like we're peers in this. I know that you're elite. I'm also elite and I'm carrying this team, right? I think that there's a chance to do something like that. And maybe that's more it's less of a Steve Eiserman, Mark Messier thing. I wish I don't like to say his name on the show. Uh and maybe it's more of like a Mike Medano, Joe Sackick thing where they really are just next level players and they're not the biggest vocal guys, but they, they get it done on skill and respect and, and that odd bit of, of, of moxie. When those guys do stand up and speak, it does mean something. It's not a, it's not an all the time thing where it's a regular personality. So maybe it's on that type of level, Ryan, that you're thinking that, yeah, he does have a little bit more jam than say a Marcus Naslin or, um, you know, he might even be more like a Trevor Linden style, but probably less vocal in that sense. But that, that idea that, you can do it without having to be the Shenish type, I guess, right? I think Shen's kind of like that. He's part of like the last guard of the last version of the NHL before all these young guys really started popping. So he's kind of, I mean, weird to see Luke Shen as an old guy. Like, I remember when that guy got drafted at a clone, and now it's, I mean, it's wild to think that he's, you know, old man, uh, Father Luke. Clout. Like, it's, yeah, it's, you know, you're right though. And, I mean, he's one guy that I think, I don't know, like, yeah, he would be a great captain. I just think there's a chance that they probably end up trading him for for parts anyway because, quite frankly, I mean, he's the kind of player that could go on another team and go on a long run and win another cup, like Colorado or something. Like, wouldn't he look great in Colorado as, like, a sixth defenseman? Dude, I'm telling you right now. Okay, let's let's play over-under. How many players do you think that are on the current Canuck roster tonight will be here will be gone by the deadline and the over under is five i i i'm gonna say it's under and and i know for a fact that it should be over rob and i'm with you on that for sure i think it should be a half dozen or more but i'm gonna say under because i don't think this this franchise or probably less so this ownership group but this franchise is has given me any reason to think that it's going to be more than five and I don't think it's been that way for like the last 10 years. And, and yeah, this is a different ownership group, but it's the same thing that you were talking about where there's one common denominator and that's the owner. And I don't know if we get, I don't know if we get above five on this one. I think it should be absolutely, but I don't think we get there. I'm going to say under, cause I think it's three to four. And the only reason I don't think over five is because I think some of those moves have to happen in the off season, which we thought last year with the whole JT Miller thing. And, you know, now you've got 31 or 32 or 31 teams. Sorry, math is wrong. 31 teams to go after JT and like, we're going to sign them, actually. <laughs> oh, OK. So I'm going to say the names of the guys that I think could get moved. Now, this comes back to Rutherford and Alvin and if they've got a dance partner for all this. But if sure. you told me right now, I would say Besser, Garland, Horvat. I would say you could probably throw in a guy like Mikheyev if you really wanted to. You could probably get something. For Pod Colson, wouldn't be much. Tanner Pearson, if you wanted to. If you want to go to defense. Well, they won't trade Pearson because he's hurt. I'm just saying, yeah. like, if you can rid him for, you know, pennies on the dollar, take it. Just get it off the books. Shen, Stillman, Myers. I, I think Myers is actually more movable than people think. And Demko. Demko's health is, is really screwing this up. I, I think if he was already back, he'd be sweet trade bait they might not be able to do it until the off season but i could say eight to nine guys wow that realistically if, if they wanted to do a complete yard sale 
like keeping all those guys on trade deadline day, losing their minds. I, I think you could move a boatload of guys. Oh man. I think the city to. would rejoice if that was the case. And I you know, what's crazy. They would and add like a Martin to that list. If, if Demko is hurt, I think Martin would look good on an NHL squad as a backup goaltender for insurance heading into the playoffs. You know, and you could probably even add a, a Curtis. You could have, you can add a, like a Lazar to that. I mean, that might be bottom, you know, bottom line depth that might have help a squad. Who cares if he's already signed? I don't think he's he going to go with, point. he'll go with Bo to Boston. He'll go back to Boston and then they'll <laughs> win knows, right? and then they'll win. They will win. Bo Horvat and Brad Marchand on the same team. If there's a world where that many players get traded or even if it's six or six or eight, like I am just like, I am beyond like elated that that happened. Really? I mean, that would be like Christmas morning stuff for me. Now, I don't think Mikheyev, now that I've opened up cap friendly, I'm going to take back a few names because I don't think anybody's stupid enough to do these deals. But I we mean, are. you've got Mikheyev for four more years at nearly $5 million per. But, I mean, he's right in his prime. He's fast as lightning. I'd love to see something there. Garland, I don't think they can move because he's got four more years at $5 million. I, And these are where, Ryan, your sweeteners are going to have to come into play here. Mm-hmm. Yep. But, I mean, even Brock Best. He's got three more seasons at 6.7, and he's not doing himself any favors right now. But again, if you're the eternal optimist, if you're a GM that looks at a 25-year-old that used to score 30 goals and say, maybe I can fix him, quote-unquote, or put him in a better situation, maybe Besser, you know, and, and Minnesota's always the dance partner for this, isn't it? Because that's where he's from. But yeah. I, I just look at these contracts. But imagine you could. Imagine just those three names alone. You would free up 14, nearly $15 million in space. If, 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 and I, I don't think there's a G see, this is the other thing I have to say, what's a better GM, a former agent or a lifelong hockey guy, quote unquote, I think agents, uh, like I, I think oh agents boy. are the best GM. Here we have. go. Here we go. I, yeah. I Mike mean, Gillis I, if I'm coming back. Trade and I'm the, if I'm making a trade and I'm the Canucks, I want to be dealing with a lifelong hockey guy. Cause that's a guy I think I can might be take for a ride. I don't think you're taking an agent for a ride. Because they're usually lawyers, and they know all the loopholes. They know all the backdoor stuff. They know how to get get a deal for. Their, but like, these guys spend their whole life doing nothing but deals. Exactly. Like that's what it, that's what makes an agent so advantageous is in the fact that hey, I know I'm not coming to you with the best package, but you know you scratch my back, and down the road we'll find a way to scratch yours. We'll make things happen. Like this is the beauty of a Jerry Maguire is a Jerry Maguire is going to be able to work the numbers and work the situation, whereas a hockey guy, an old school Brian Burke guy, is kind of like oh, you know, I, I don't know. I think there's an elegance in making a deal in this day and age when you've got a cap and you've got numbers and what 80% of this league's right up against the cap. I mean, you got to be creative. And that to me sometimes screams guys that are, uh, you know, in the business of making deals. You need so a salesman. Who, that's what you need. That's, did, that's why it works. Yeah. Salesman. How did they make the, so that the Hammonick trade last year, that was like a clear win, right? To be able to move that kind of salary off the books to a team with, you know, a theoretical veteran GM who God knows why they wanted that player on their roster. But I mean, that's the kind of stuff that they have to find, right? I don't know how many more of those trades are out there to make with the players that are sitting there on this roster right now. But I do, I do see, like, I do see what you're saying in terms of trying to be advantageous with maybe somebody who doesn't live in this space at all times in terms of making trades. But maybe it's just the thrill of making the trade that makes these guys make bad trades from time to time because they should theoretically know the difference between a good and a bad deal. Mm. I mean, Erica Branson's been on how many teams? Look how much money he's making. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. I mean, we joke about it, exactly. but 
That's a real world thing that's happened multiple times. And you think, oh, well, he went to Columbus and this and that. Listen, enough teams have seen Eric Branson play. And I mean, quality of life, good for rosters. him. And he's making and, and, bank too. And Travis Hamannick fetched a third round draft pick. The world we live in. Which became the second Elias Pettersson. Yeah. 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 DPD. Yeah. I, I, I don't know, man. I just, like I said, the problem that I face is I don't know what direction the Canucks are going to go. I, you, and, you and me, all three of us can sit here and talk about, you know, over-unders of five. My biggest fear is that they come away with one or two quasi-decent deals and they've still got the big bucks on the books. And I'm just going to be like, I'm going to be heartbroken because there's this window here where the city is going to allow them to be brutal. And mm-hmm. if they don't take that window they're the stupidest kids in the classroom because they have to realize that this fan base after a decade of futility is itching for them to be bad. You'd never get that in any other market at any other time. A Canadian hockey market yeah. wants their team to be shitty. Yeah. That Take wanted it. you to fire a coach that cheered for his exit and made him a martyr. Like where else does that happen? Exactly. That's you national know. news. Like the globe and mail, when the globe and mail and all the, in the national and, and, um bruce Beaudreau and uh the canucks and it is wild to think that like a major market and there's seven of them and somehow like the one that seems to whine and complain the most which is this market you know we want all the attention now we don't want the attention and we want to be bad and like there's it's so crazy how 10 years like the cycle i was looking at my facebook this morning and this, uh, I laughed pretty hard when I when I read this. Life comes at you fast. Ted. Life comes at you fast. Quick. I said the Canucks are. This was 2010, I think. Ted, isn't that just what I I had on there? Where was it? Here we go. So I said, if you haven't been paying, this is 2010, January 26. So if you haven't been paying attention lately, the Canucks are rolling. The Flames aren't. Henrik leads the league in scoring. I'm not saying. I'm just saying. And I said, run your mouth. And 13 years later, you pay for it. Like they were the creme de la creme, and now we're begging for them to be the absolute worst franchise on paper. I I do wonder, Rob, and I mean, living out there, you're going to hear a little bit more than we do, I, I assume. Is there like, and I know this has kind of come up maybe a year ago, like, is there a chance that with the things that Francesco's been going through, like, he, he really doesn't have like this terrible thing going on. Like, yeah, he's got a court case with his family. And do you think there's a chance like, one of the brothers actually step in and see like, listen, like you can't be taking the name down any longer and maybe like take a step to the side and, you know, let's, let's try to bounce us back and start making a little bit more money than, than we're making right now. Like 10 years ago, like you were paying triple face value just to get in the door for the worst seats. You were paying whatever they made it for merchandise and you, it was all sold out. Like, you couldn't get a ticket for a Canucks game if you did. Like, you thought you won the lottery. And now, like, you hear on all these podcasts and shows, like, yeah, like, I don't even really want to go. Like, I was trying to give away club seats. Like, pardon me? Mm-hmm. Like, do you think do you think that's a possibility? Or do you just think, like, they still, hey, we own the team. We're still making money. We don't have to care as much as people think we should. Well, okay, let's take a look at this. When they bought the team, as opposed to what it's being evaluated now, I think Francesco looks amazing in front of his family because this team is worth hundreds of millions of dollars more than when he bought it. Mm-hmm. So sure, just don't listen to the radio or maybe don't, you know, open a Twitter account if you're the Aquilini family. Uh. But 
I I hate to say it, Francesco Aquilini has gotten a pretty good return on his investment if he sells tomorrow. I don't think there's anybody in the Aquilini family that's going to slap him on the wrist for a shitty job. I think if anything, optically, PR wise, it's it's you know it's what it is. Guys like me call him to the carpet once in a while. We all get on our you know podcasts and we all bitch and moan about him. But I don't think fiscally anybody has an issue with Francesco. And and even if nobody went to the arena. It would take years before that ripple effect actually affected the books right now because they've got TV money. They've got advertising money. They've got everything. And this isn't Hockey Canada where they got some guy that's, you know, sexually assaulting, you know, a woman. This is just poor hockey ops. This is just bad management. So as bad as it is, I don't think the Aquilini's lose sleep over what's going on right now, which as a, as a diehard Canuck fan probably really sucks, but he's not going anywhere. Yeah. If anything, he's sitting on a hot ticket. His his evaluation every year goes up and up and up. This thing's worth a billion dollars, and he's probably just sitting back saying, "Hate me all you want, man. I don't care." Like, do you think he's losing any sleep over having to pay Bruce Boudreau two million dollars? Nah, I don't think so. I don't. I I think this is one of those things where, yeah, maybe it sucks for him because when he goes to the country club, a couple of his buddies raise their eyebrows and they're like, "Boy, your 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 team's on the ropes." But I don't think fiscally anybody in the Aquilini family gives a shit about it at all. I just think right now the fan base is so disenchanted, so disconnected that it would almost be impossible to hit a home run. You would need Pat Quinn to come back and and right the ship here. I, I just don't think I don't unless they do everything perfect over the next two years, the, the fan base isn't going to come around for at least the next three years. There's it's a fix, though. There is a fix. There's one fix, and I don't know if Ted read the our rundown. This is the fix. We go back to the future. We hop in the DeLorean, back to the summer s- summit, get Linda to answer a super important call, or we go back in time to the Heritage Classic. Luongo maybe gives Eddie Lack a little bit of, you know, some bad coffee or something. Even though they name him the starter, Luongo ends up playing the game, and maybe... Just maybe a few of those dominoes don't have to fall, and maybe we're not in this mess. It's not a conspiracy theory. I've seen movies. This is possible. Some, some more Marvel what if stuff, right? Yeah, this isn't Marvel. This is a DeLorean, Ted. It's a real time traveling device. I've seen the movie. Or someone needs to kiss their mom, and it gets weird, and then they solve the, save the world. I don't Throw know. Throw a couple of banana peels into the Mr. Fusion, and away we go. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think it was um, I think it was Don Taylor that asked Trevor Linden the other day on their show, if you were the if you were the president and people listened to you, would would things have been different? And Trevor Linden just kind of you know poo pooed it and said, oh, you know, I can't really answer that. Dude, Trevor Linden was hardly ever in the office. If you were a staffer at Rogers Arena, you weren't even allowed to talk to the guy, much less approach him. He was the most hands off guy maybe in the history of a front office. So the reality is that Trevor Linden might have been the fork in the road where if they'd have listened to him, things would have been different. Trevor was never there. No, Trevor he was, was a PR there. move. He was solely a PR move. It was almost like Steve Nash in Fitness World. He put the name on the door and then pissed off. Like he was not Except for that so one Trevor Fitness Linden World. The savior? Nah. So he was minimized then or, or did he just not have the, the skills? The Eddie Lack thing is, is spot on. Yeah. Sorry, Ted, what were you saying? Eddie Lack. Roberto Luongo, maybe that was. The I'm just telling you. I'm, I'm telling you, it's possible. Sorry, Ted, what were you saying there? Oh, so he like 100%. Then it, it wasn't a, a, a. We'll never know if he could do the job because he was minimized to the point where he couldn't even do the job. 
No, but he was a guy that was brought in. You got to remember when he was brought in. He was brought in at real low tide. And all of a sudden, they bring back, you know, Trevor Linden, and they name a gate after him, you know, gate 16, and wooed it and tried to do the nostalgia thing, and we're bringing back the old guys to right the ship. Trevor Linden had no interest in doing the day-to-day business operations within the Canucks organization. He was busy in his real estate. He was getting ready for marathons. He was doing all the other stuff. He might have been at Rogers Arena once a week, and you couldn't approach him. He came in. He picked up his emails. He made a coffee, and he pissed off, and that's just the tenure of Trevor Linden in that role. So the whole like, oh, you know, we should have listened to Trevor Linden. He wasn't there to have the conversation with in the first place. So I I just, I hear all this and everybody loves Trevor Linden. And don't get me wrong, heck of a player, heck of a player's rep. But when it came to that short blip on the radar and the fact that they didn't listen to him, the reason he got pushed out is he wasn't there doing anything anyway. So again, another PR move. It was like that it was the divide in, philosophical differences right like that was the that was the kind of mo i feel like we were fed as as fans on the other side of it yeah i think i think a lot of the the narrative was oh well you know if this was trevor he'd have done it right trevor wasn't around like that's a big part of it you can't just show up to the annual board meeting and then expect to be you know listened to in those key moments if you're never there you know it's like the absent dad that shows up at christmas with a couple of gifts and expects his kids to love him the same like you got to put in the work, man. You got to be there every day when the kid's sick, when the kid's graduating. Or the they're good to, gifts. If they're know, good gifts, you can buy yourself some time. Like if they're well, really good like, gifts. Yeah, Maybe good a better lottery ball would have been better. I yeah. Think. Oh God, a lottery ball would have been amazing. <laughs> that's that's true. I mean, right before Lyndon did go back to the Canucks, like we saw him at LAX when he we were going to Disneyland back in 2012, um, and that actually the whole not talking to him thing actually preceded. Um, his Canucks uh, second tenure because my wife wouldn't let me go talk to him for an autograph um, in LAX and he was all by himself I'm in Los Angeles there's Trevor Linden no you can't go talk to him I'm the only guy that knows he's here so different different thing maybe my wife's on the Canucks payroll I'm not quite sure so we'll see <laughs> I, I, I once went up to Pavel Bure at uh, I had just moved to Vancouver I was with my mom at Pacific Center and I said holy cow that's Pavel Bure I went up to him and I was just like, hey, you know, I'd love to get an off. And he shooed me off. Just no time. He did, if he would have only known, years later, wrestling promoter. Yeah, that's right. He, oh, man. He'll but come you around. know what? I got a great pick. Dude, <clears throat> I was coming out of the Roxy one night, and I bumped into it. This is a true story. I was coming out of the Roxy one night, and I bumped into this big guy, and I was just ready to turn around and give him the, the you know, the 145, what the fuck. It was Gino Oje. <laughs> And I just remember thinking, thank God I bit my tongue on that one. Done. Dude, I ended up shaking his hand, and I'm just like, ah, oh, Gino, you know, love you, man. This guy's hands were some of the biggest hands I've ever touched in my life. Like, they were, they were this big. It was incredible. He was such a larger-than-life figure. And I'll tell you this. I think the Canucks did a fantastic job they did. with the Gino Olympic uh, tribute. They like, did. You know, I've dumped on them for 45 minutes here. but That's the best you know, part about I the show is we do that. that. But... No. I think they, uh, I think they did a really nice job with that. Yeah, and I mean, the the timing. Unfortunately, I mean, uh, timing of a death is never great. But I mean, the fact that they were going to release the jersey, and maybe it wasn't necessarily that night, but I'm sure it probably played into it a little bit. Um, the, with the whole skate and everything, I think that was uh, 
it it did give that feel a little bit more and i think uh if if there was just even little like a little remote part of that that helped boost um what that offering was i mean i i will say the connects when it comes to those sorts of things they they do a pretty well, good job like they're they're pretty impressive with uh with those they types of send-offs very impressive okay before we go the skate jersey the one that they just released good or bad You want to go first on this one, Rye? Oh. Or do you want me to? It's going to... St- the skate is right, why so- I became a fan. It it was it was the logo I grew up with, and I think it's the nostalgia for most people. Uh, it's going to take some time for me to warm up 100% to it. Maybe not 100%, but like 75 I do not like the fact that they use the current font and numbers. I think that was an absolute fail. I get that it's a new version of the old and we've talked about this before Ted with like the stick jersey and how they updated it I get that maybe there's a way they could have slightly tweaked it eventually I will come around I'm happy that they're wearing it then they're wearing it a heck of a lot like if they're going to come out with a third jersey like well we're going to make you forget about the orca for the next month because um, we're going to throw this down your throats whether you want this version or not they, they have done a good job of it. I do like the gorilla marketing, even though it was quite kind of lazy, if actually. And I do feel bad that Wyatt wasn't properly honored for that. Um, but I, it's it's tough. Like, I'm still torn. It is the skate, so I can't be too mad. But uh, I, I do feel they could have done better at the same time. I mean, they did bring it back, and it's a third, so we shouldn't really be complaining too much. I don't know. Half-ass Eddie, answer. what do you think? Uh, so when it first dropped, like our first visual of it didn't have the full kit, right? Didn't have the number on the back. I, I think you see that sort of all black jersey with I mean, you're missing the collar and you can tell that the font's different and you're just not really sure what you're looking at. It's a little bit of like a shock, right? It's like that moment where you've been drinking Coca-Cola and then you go to grab a drink and it's somebody else's root beer by accident, right? It doesn't taste bad, but you're you're caught off guard by it, right? What, a, my analogy. what an analogy. I love it. But that being said, I still like root beer. Um, and I think once I saw it with the full kit on the back and they were, they were done up in, 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 in the pants and, and, and the socks, it just, it looked, it looked pretty tight to me. I, I appreciated when Tampa Bay updated their, 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 um, their fonts and their lettering. And I think that it, it worked for their Jersey. And when I saw it come, come to life in the, on the connects Jersey, I was, I was okay with it. I think there's been some updates in the Colorado side of things too, where they've changed from where they've gone in the past, but it's still, it's still so dead set. He he was on such a good rant. He hit mute. Sorry. Sorry, that was like a bump. Yeah, but they... it could it could have been anything. He could have had like the best comment, anything. and I have no idea what he said. We'll never oh, know. You will never know. It's a mystery. One day a week, so it's hard to tell. Um, it was the eleven spices, the eleven KFC spices. <laughs> oh man, that is the best Twitter shit ever. The fact that they have like all the Spice Girls and eleven guys' name. Oh fuck, just so good. But I think I think they did it right, and I'm okay with the change. And I think that finally they got there, and for the first time in a long time, like a really long time, they gave the fans something that they wanted, even though it was tweaked a little bit. Uh, in honesty, I don't know if any of this is going to matter if the team continues to be bad while wearing that, because that seems to be like the the big stake. That's the mo is that they can't the win in a third. These yeah. types of things, right? Mm-hmm. So. It, it, it might not matter, but for now, and I think with the nostalgia that's involved in this and, and, and everything with Gino and all those great stories and seeing those jerseys in, and the history with it being played as opposed to just having this new jersey crammed on your throat, I think there's a chance for this one to succeed, and I'm, I'm pretty okay with it. Okay, I give it a 7 out of 10, and I'll tell you what. I like they went to the black. The thing that I like the most 
is the old Canuck jersey, the black one, had white for some reason inside the C on the skate, which was out of place. So the fact that they got it right and made it black on black within the logo is fantastic. Like our logo. But then they lost the white altogether. They didn't they didn't do the number trim. Like in addition to the font being shitty because it's not the right font, they they left a layer out and it's just black, it's red, and then it's yellow. And it drives me nuts that they don't have the white for the dimension. It's an extra color, man. It's one thing. It's fine. It's like they cheaped out. I don't like how the two lines, the red line and the yellow line, have a spacing in between the two, even though it mirrors what their current jersey is. I, I think if you're going to do a retro jersey, that you got to make it as close to possible. It's a wrong yellow. They also went with the current yellow. They, do you know they don't make the old uh, lemon yellow anymore? Really? That Yeah, that particular color... Uh, apparently is no longer a part of the uh, the spectrum of colors available. Was that like the orange too? Color. Was that like the orange when they bumped the orange? Because I have yeah. the original orange like I got off of eBay. So I still have the original orange, but the colors was the yellow actually. So the yellow that they got now is not the yellow that was on the jersey that they used to wear in the 80s and early 90s. So that's a that for me was a little like very quirky little little very minor detail that i picked up on but overall i think it's okay but i don't want the black skate to be just okay i want it to be a home run you know what like, I, I think i'm wrong on the skate jersey ted remember how i said they should bring it out and as a distraction i said everything else can be going wrong just give us back the skate jersey you're going to give us at least a month of distraction while they figure some stuff out behind the scenes unfortunately they did it while a lot of other things were going on well, and uh I'm I'm wrong. Maybe that's the save, Ryan. Right? Maybe maybe enough of us talk up about now. And I'm 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 with Rob on this. I think it's I think it's like a seven or an eight. It could be could be better, right? So yeah, maybe they're bad in this jersey, and then they take the time to correct it just as the team's turning things around and getting good. Yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe. it's it's entirely possible. Okay. Um, I I simply say, any jersey is better than the uh, the gradient. The gradient was my worst. Oh, <laughs> which one? The red, the salmon. Well, actually, I didn't mind the first one. The, the salmon. red, yellow, and black one. I didn't mind. It was the uh, what do they call that one? Like the salmon color yeah. jersey? No, no, no. It's the one where it's red and then it goes into the blue and it's got the silver whale. The oh, red. the Bertuzzi yeah, one. That was a, that was a tough. One. And it had the that short was, front and the long enough. back, which is the stupidest yeah. thing. When we got those, I'm like, oh, they screwed up on the jersey. I'm like, no, that's what it's supposed to look like. We would sell those things. I'm like, yeah. this looks stupid. Sold a um, ton though. I, I, oh. First things first. I like the I like the call on the the Pro Twill number call out. So to me, I'm 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 with you on that one. It either needs to be a single twill where just one color. Or it needs to be three twills. So I think you have to have that pop in the second layer. So good call out on that one. I love the call out on the white missing from the jersey where they went all black. So that's uh, the one that not a ton of people notice either. Um, but we're at that point. I think we've come to the end of the show, and 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 I think we like to give our guests that shameless plug time. So if you can take the next minute or so, tell us everything that we got going on from, from Rob's standpoint, what's new in your right. life? What can we look forward to? And, and, and just man, hit it all. Just don't tell the people right. where we can find everything. Go to nation wrestling.com. We've got all of our schedule. We've got all the things. If you've never been to a wrestling show, they're licensed, which means you can drink beer. You can have a good old time. We've got eight to nine matches, loud music, Commodore ballroom. We're going to Granville Island. So bring the boys out bring the girls out we're almost a one-to-one -one ratio of men to women when it comes to our shows There's a lot of women that like wrestling out there 
and we put on a wicked Friday night. So if you're ever out, just uh, give me a buzz, hit me up on Twitter or wherever, DM me. I'll put some tickets aside for you. I just want you to come out and enjoy the show. And you guys at PP1 Podcast have lifetime tickets, man. You guys are good anytime. <laughs> so now so we just got to get there. Me. Now we just got to spend like $300 worth of gas money and we can get to Vancouver, Ted. No, it's, no. it's that we'll easy. It'll be fine. That's you true. Can get some of those Eddie Fuck Spin royalties. You can <laughs> ride in a limo, man. <laughs> well, Uber X it out there. We'll get an Uber yeah. X. We'll get the gall wings. We'll be. Uh, we'll make it happen. I'm sure we got some money left in the coffers from our last deal or something. So, should be fine. Should well, be whatever. fine. Whatever. We can work a couple of shows, maybe three in one night, and walk away with a quick three K. We'll be okay. I mean, have you seen this body? I mean, Rob, you have seen this body, and it's probably hurt your eyes. So, thank you for doing the commentary on that. Well, but you know what? As long as Ted's here, we're, you and me are fighting for second. No longer how long we do this for. So. That's 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 probably true. That's probably true. Rob, thank you so much for coming. I. Like you were honestly one of the greatest people to talk to. I mean that like so sincerely. You're so interesting. You have so many different things going. On. You're a sneakerhead like me, which we've talked about many times. Um, I just like you. You brought a lot of Canucks fans together when uh, 1040 went down. Like you started something on your own and made it work. People were, you know, we all flocked to it. You're the fate or. Uh, the nation uh, Facebook group still seems to be going somehow. Um, you're like it's. I I always enjoy talking to you, and I mean, if I could do it every single week, uh, I would. But you're a lot busier than uh, than than we are. Um, but uh, like anytime, I mean, I I hope we can have you on again because it is always so much fun. You're very unfiltered. You say what's on your mind, and I mean, it's not like we have to answer to anybody. So which is great. Um, I just I love having you on. Thank you so much for coming by. Thank you, guys. And if you ever do your Olympics again, I will drive up to the interior to do play-by-play live. We're gonna. E- that's my that's my offer to you, and I'll hold, you. You can hold me to it. I'll come up for the weekend and I'll do it. We are. We tried doing it last year. There was some uh, some scheduling conflicts, some injuries to my competitors. Uh, Ted likely won't be running this year. I'm sure he probably heard. Uh, he's going under to get a bionic heart. So. Um, it's happening soon, but, uh, and we'll, we'll keep you posted. It may be me doing that. I don't know, but, uh, um, well, well, he'll be there and yeah, he's, he's, he's getting the, he's getting the, the new, the I'm new a, stuff. Get a valve replacement. That's fantastic, man. You're going to feel like a new guy when you find yeah, gonna, that in there. Yeah, I'm going to feel better. I'll get some cardio going. Maybe we'll come back a better version of me. Oh, I can't wait, man. It's, Dude, it, I'll do play by play for that as well. You let me know. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I want you there. Yeah. Hey Doc, can I get the video of this? What? That's no way. Like just you're gonna have to trust me on it. It's gonna be some great content. Like I can't allow that. So that's great. Um guys, thank you for having me. Man. Yeah, we'll uh we're gonna set you in. We'll do our final little thing. Thanks so much, Rob. Um Ted, this has been a lot of fun. We've 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 had a good time. Uh Rob, we'll we'll keep you there for a second, Rob. Um Ted, this has been great. PP1 podcast. Love, love doing this with you, man. Um, maybe the Canucks will be better next week. Maybe we'll have nicer things to talk about. I, I, uh, I think we're finally at that point, Ryan, where we can have the Canucks be bad, and I think we're all okay with it. So let's do it. Know, last night's, yeah, last night's whipping was completely okay with me. I think, uh, you know, talk it said it best, right? I think it's we're at the point now where we need to start installing good habits and and get back to basics. And you don't win when you're learning the basics, right? You can't just pick up a guitar and start playing, you know, Stairway to Heaven. You got to learn the basics first and be bad for a bit. So be bad for a bit. 
just uh, set this thing up for the next uh, set of people that are getting in here. I love it. As, as the great Willa Ford said, I, I want to be bad with you, baby. This is the PP1 Podcast. Peace out. Hi, I'm Logan Anderson, host of the Say the Damn Score podcast. On my show, I deep dive into the sports broadcasting business by, you guessed it, talking to sportscasters. The show has featured big names like Bob Costas, Kenny Albert, and Vern Lundquist, as well as many up-and-coming broadcasters who you may not know yet, but you will know soon. Whether you're looking for professional development as a sportscaster, different career paths, or if you just want to be entertained by hearing some of the best storytellers in the world tell their own stories, this podcast is for you. You can subscribe to the podcast on all major podcast platforms, or you can visit our website, saythedamnscore.com. The Podcast Super Friends is a monthly meeting of five podcast producers. Hi, I'm Catherine O'Brien from Branch Out Programs in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I'm John Gay from Jag and Detroit Podcasts. I'm Matt Kundle from the Sound Off Podcast Network. I'm David Yes from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. And I'm Johnny Peterson from Straight Up Podcasts. Together, they form the Podcast Super Friends, an alliance of podcast masterminds sharing best practices, insights, and discussions to help make you a better podcaster. Follow or subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or at soundoff.network.